Welcome to Hot Almighty Podcast, where we talk about the American harvest. This is the podcast about North and Southeastern American Indian food ways. What y'all cooking? I'm your co-host, Aja. And I'm your co-host, Damon. And Vicky is in the studio with us. What's up, Vicky? Hey, guys. Well, Good to be here with you. Vicky plays a huge role in the production of Hot Almighty and as well as the Hot Almighty documentary. She's the actual producer of the show. So this is a special treat, y'all. And a double special treat is that we have their mamas on the show. My mama's here in spirit. Um, but we do have... We have Miss Laverne and Miss Salithia. Welcome to the show. Miss Laverne is Damon's mom, and Miss Salithia is Vicky's mom. Welcome to the show. Hello, everybody. Thank you. (laughs) Hello. Yes. Thank you. Um, I guess would you guys like to introduce yourselves? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, Miss Miss Salithia, we can start with you. Okay. My name is Salithia Alberta Arrington Taylor Daniel. I was born in Washington, D.C. in 1944 at the um, Freedmen's Hospital, which is now Howard University Hospital. I grew up in D.C. I went to several schools in D.C., one being Kelly Miller Junior High or Middle School, as they call it nowadays, I think. I, I also attended Richardson Elementary School in Northeast D.C. I lived in the projects. First one was Lincoln Heights, 50th Street Northeast. And my mother had nine children, eight of which were girls. And we played all through the neighborhood, was not fearful of anything, had lots of sunshine and fresh air because my mother put us out. She didn't let us stay in the house. She said, go outside and play. (laughs) And one rule was you had to be back here before it gets dark. As a matter of fact, before the streetlights come on, you got to be in the house. I went to, um, I graduated from Dunbar High School in Northeast, East, um, Northeast or Northwest DC. I think it was first in N Street, Northeast. And then I also lived in, um, I don't know what the, um, the name of the um, projects that I lived in, Capitol Heights, I'll say, uh, out East Capitol Street, Southeast. 58th in East Capitol. We lived out there too. And again, we, we had um, access to the whole neighborhood. No restrictions of where we could go. And if you want to ask me any questions, you can. I don't know if I'm telling you too much right now. Oh, no, no. That's, that's fine. You're doing fine. Yeah, just trying to, you know, get a little background. Um, I, I guess we can we can start right there. We go follow up. Aja, I don't know if you had anything else you want to add. I do. Miss you know. Alicia, first of all, my father went to Dunbar High School, but he went to Dunbar High School in Chicago. Um, okay, okay. Oh, actually, yeah, all of my all of my uncles and aunts went to Dunbar. Actually, right. So, so Paul Lawrence Dunbar was the name of the school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have, this is interesting. The Freedmen's Hospital is now Howard University Hospital. Does anybody know background? Like, was this right. Freedmen? I was told that's where I was born, but I was, I know that uh, Howard University now owns that, that land in, in the hospital. But it's once Freedmen's Hospital. Mm. I, will say, I will say this. Um, from what I know historically, um, I, I actually believe um, the 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 namesake of Howard University is the person who started the Freedmen's Bank. If I'm not mistaken, you know what I'm saying I might, I might be wrong. I'm kind of going right off the top, but I believe that's the case. So that that association makes sense when I heard it. I was like, ooh, that's interesting, you know. 
Um, but it makes a lot of sense because I do recall um, that his name, I'm not sure the full name, but I believe his last name, was Howard is the guy who started the Freedmen's Bank. So that's the that's the association, I believe, with the old Freedmen's Terms Association. You know what I mean? Well, well Aja and Damon, um, I, I can follow that up a little bit. Um, I don't have the full information in front of me. Um, this is kind of taking it down a, a different rabbit hole. But um, yes, Howard um, was the, uh, he did found the university, uh, the college, I believe at the time. Um, and the Freedmen's Bank, uh, yes, was also st- um, under his control. Um, and so, the, if you look at the history of the city, uh, Washington, D.C., uh, you can see how a lot of the uh, quote-unquote changes that were kind of put through with the different naming names of these organizations, these institutions, um, it was it was kind of, um, it was as things changed, right? So as, as our, um, as, as our, as, as the American Indian, I'm just going to say it. I was going to say Black people, but as the American Indian's role changed uh, in our society, uh, and, and again, in D.C., you can really see that kind of uh, in a microcosm. Um, you have to also remember Howard Theater, which was right there in the same area. That's Lee Joy Park area. Right. So you see all these changes that are going with the, coming with these names, and you see the... the um, the ownership uh, remained the same. So again, it was, it was almost as you watched uh, the role of the American Indian change over time, uh, a lot of these name places changed as well. So there's so much history in um, in Washington, D.C., uh, really in, uh, I think all of the uh, Southeast has so much uh, history uh, that that would be a, a whole other rabbit hole for us to go down. But um, but yes, I am proud to say that my mom um, is, is born and raised in, in the city, in Washington, D.C. And there's just so much um, uh, history that just encompasses just her history, her personal history, uh, let alone uh, the, the fuller history of, of these places that we come from. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Now, I mean, that's what I was looking forward with this um interview was getting not just the food you know we're gonna definitely get into the food we haven't got got to that part that's what everybody waiting for but also you know these these little anecdotal historical moments um that you know were brought so to miss laverne damon's mama yes to our audience welcome thank you hey mama Um, so how about you tell us about your Okay. Um, I'm a native New Yorker, born and, and raised in New York, born in Long Island, raised in Alphabet City, moved to Northeast Bronx when I got to junior high school. From there, I went to um, college up in Connecticut. I went to Bridgeport University. Started in nursing. I wanted to drop out, but my daddy said, you better find something else to do. My father <laughs> had educational background. And so I went into education and uh, that's what I have done for many, many, many years. And I'm now retired and recently moved to Connecticut and just in this past month bought a house with my kids. Yes. Can, can, can I ask a little follow-up? Um, and I guess this is for the audience and even for my personal, um, you know, for me to have personal information. I know, you know, you mentioned um, being born in Long Island. Um, you know, I recall, you know, you let me know how, you know, you grew up going to powwow and stuff like that. If you don't mind sharing, like, some of that experience, some of that background, you know, I think it's important for our, our listeners. You know what I mean? Well, um, as a child, I spent a great deal of time in um, Long Island uh, with my uncle and a great neck with my cousin who is four days younger than me. We were born in the same hospital. Our parents were in the same room and she's my road dog to this day. We travel together. 
So as a child, we would go camping. We would do different things like that. We would go to Orchard Beach, be there at sun sunrise till sunset. Um, and we would also go to the powwow every September. We went to this big powwow. And um, because number one, my uncle, he in, in, enveloped his Native American heritage. So that was a big part of, of what we did every year. Um, it was a tradition. Um, and it was a great deal of fun as a kid. We, we loved it, you know, and we didn't probably didn't appreciate it as much then as as we should have, you know. I definitely understand that part. Um, yeah, that's why, that's why I wanted you to share that because, you know, I think that aspect is important. And just what you said at the end is like, it's there, it's right in front of you, but you yes. just don't quite realize what's in front of you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think that's a theme. Um, would you agree, Osmond and Vicky, right? That's been like a theme, you know, that we that we've noticed. Well, Damon, I could also um, ask my mom about her background as well, and she could tell her story directly. Um, Oh, please. Yeah, we weren't uh, really exposed, um, at least I wasn't, uh, except through her mother uh, saying, uh, asking me directly to find find out more about our history. Um, And she, so she did tell me that uh, when I was 16, asking me to um actually i was 17 asking me to find out more um uh of our uh more about our history um uh through her mother who she said uh was blackfoot but uh i'll just ask my mom so mom what do you remember about your grandmother uh georgia uh what was her full name georgia haskin that was her uh, married name Excellent. Excellent. And so, what did you remember about Georgia Haskin um, or Hoskin, depending on what spelling we find on census records? <laughs> Excellent. Uh, mm-hmm. Growing up as a child, what did you remember? Only thing my mother told me was that um, she lived in Virginia for a while. I don't know where she came from, maybe Oklahoma, but nothing conclusive. So, do you remember anything? Oh, uh, that she may have been um, um, not Apache, but um, Black who? Cherokee. Oh, Cherokee. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, do you remember anything from your grandmother directly? No. Did she look like an Indian? <laughs> when I was um, I was very young when my grandmother lived with us, and um. She had had a stroke, which is why she was living with my mother and, and us. But she didn't talk much because she had a stroke. Okay. Mm. Well, thanks for sharing that. Mm-hmm. So, guys, um, that's just a really brief. Again, um, they didn't really have a lot of information um, because, again, that wasn't something that uh, our family talked about a lot. But. Um, but I am trying to go back now and ask those questions of our um, of my elders uh, in my family so that we can get a fuller picture. And I was able to find some information um, through Ancestry and, um, uh, and other sites about Georgia Haskins, Hoskins. Uh, ex- uh, so hopefully we'll be able to, to get some type of um, insight, uh, more insight about our, our family uh, ancestry. Definitely. I, I wanted to say, I guess, <clears throat> before we get into these food questions, I guess to kind of, <clears throat> excuse me, give a little bit more context from what I can see. You know, I know you, your your mom says you know, she was born in the 40s, right? If I'm not mistaken, right? It was the 40s, you said? 44. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 44. So, you know, and, and in that DMV area, you know, that's it's not too long after, you know, Walter Plucker was doing everything he was doing and, you know what I'm saying, putting a hit list on. People being um, even identifying as Indian, you know what I'm saying, and, and starting to marginalize who could identify as Indian. So I think a lot of that definitely had to play an aspect and play a part in, um, you know, in people not necessarily identifying or being as vocal about identifying with their lineage. I, I, I would just have to imagine at that time frame, you know. All right. 
Right, exactly. And um, so the um, my grandmother told me that her mother uh, came, and also some of her uh, siblings shared that uh, their mother, um, the history that they have about their mothers, that she came from Oklahoma, like she was on uh, Oklahoma uh, reservation, but they don't know why. And so there's no background information about how she got there. Uh, they know where she lived. Like uh, even on the census records, uh, we have her in North Carolina, but um, we don't know how how that's connected to Oklahoma. So we talk about that, Damon, and about the history of uh, the government's role in uh, the removal of the American Indian, not just from their home places, but uh, through paper, and you know, on paper as well, uh, and, and how they're classified. You know, there, there's a whole story, I'm sure. And so I'm hoping that um, one day we'll be able to have that full story so that we can figure out what, what happened and, and you know, what went on with Georgia. But, uh, but yeah, she's uh, the matriarch of the family. Um, she's uh, our connection to our, um, uh, our other, our American Indian uh, heritage. No doubt, no doubt. Um, well, I was gonna give you a chance to lead in. Let's get into this food. <laughs> you know, that's what okay. everybody came for. They, they, they want to pull up a plate and eat, right? So let's talk about this food. You <laughs> well, got the first. Um, let me start with uh, with my mom and just ask, Mom, what's your most fond food memory from childhood? It's hard for me to um, answer that. Are you talking about a meal or just a food? Well, what do you remember eating as a child that gives you fond memories that you're that made you happy, I guess, as a child? Okay, well, my mother cooked everything. So, food, um, most favorite food memory, mm-hmm. I will say um, Christmas and Easter. So what was your favorite dish on Christmas and Easter? Okay, like I said, my mother cooked everything. So on holidays, we had, um, for, for example, Christmas, of course, we had a big turkey with stuffing that my mother made. Which was, she made the best stuffing that I remember, taking bread and um, breaking it up with her hands. She didn't have this store-bought um, stuffing mix. She started from scratch. Right. And um, so that's what number one, the turkey. So that was a, a, a giblet. Um, yeah, she, yeah, she cooked everything from the, the giblets and the neck and everything, and put that in the stuffing. Okay. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. You make me hungry. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. <laughs> this is part of the story. <laughs> Everybody get hungry. Cut up. She cut up all the vegetables, the green peppers, the onions, celery, and plenty of sage. And so that's the stuffing. Is it? Was there anything else that you enjoyed on those uh, holidays? Doing that dinner? Any, any part of the well, all the desserts that she made. So what type of desserts did she make? Cake. Mm-hmm. Um, two-layer cake. Chocolate with uh, yellow cake with chocolate icing. Um, rice pudding. Bread pudding. And um, pineapple upside down cake. Wow. Um, peach cobbler and the apple cobbler. Very good. And of course, her famous rolls she made from scratch. Okay. Mm-hmm. What type of um, drinks did you guys have? Drink that we had was. Um, the cheapest drinks that we could have. Kool-Aid. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. I love it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thanks, Mom. And so, uh, Ms. Laverne, I, I guess we'll turn it over to you and ask what your favorite food um, memory is from childhood. You know, I guess anytime you get around people that you love and have fun with, it doesn't matter what you eat. When you're eating it, that becomes your favorite food. Mm -hmm. So I know, like I said, I spent a lot of time in Long Island. And they used to go and get the kosher franks that that come on the string. And when you boil them, they have that snap to them when you eat them. Mm -hmm. 
So they used to they used to get that all the time, and I love that. Um, and my mother, my mother used to bake, and so she could make a lemon meringue pie from scratch. <clears throat> she could bake. She taught me how to bake. I still remember like two cups of flour, one cup of sugar, mm-hmm. stick of butter, two eggs, mm-hmm. some baking soda, a pinch of salt. You know, it's like all in my <laughs> head because, you know, it's like automatic, you know. It's like from, from when I was a kid, that's how my mother taught me to bake a cake. Mm-hmm. Um, but my father was the real cook, but he wasn't really a baker. Um, but the other thing they would do is they would, because we were in Long Island a lot, and they would steam clams, right? So they would steam the clams. Oh, you smell the clams cooking. Oh, it smells so good. (laughs) But the kids never got the clams. We only got the juice. We never got the clams. (laughs) (laughs) They weren't going to waste the clams on the kids. So I just grew up really just loving that that broth, you know, when you when you do the clams, stick a little bit of butter in it and drink it, uh, uh, and I'm good. No doubt, no doubt. That, that's funny. It'd it be like you know, be making some collard greens and say, "Yo, you can't have no collards. You just drink you can just have the juice." Yeah, there yeah. you go. That pot looking good though, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. that might be working. <laughs> but that's how that's how they used to cook back then. In the because there were a lot of us and then they were kids. And so then they would cook this nasty, slimy okra stew. I'm sorry. I hated it. And I still hate okra to this day. But they would make it all the time because they're drinking. And they need something substantial on their stomachs, and that's what they would. I was not eating it. They couldn't make me. <laughs> <laughs> so, mom, real quick, since you brought that up, and then um, I think I'm gonna go into the next question. So, since okay, you brought up Oakland, oh, go ahead. Okay, she's bringing up some more memories for me too. Okay, um, go ahead. Oh, please go ahead. You can jump in, and I'll go after you. All right. Well, we're talking about um, food again. Um, as I said, Christmas and Easter. But my mother always had um, a pot of um, greens cooking. Sometimes it was kale. Sometimes it was kale and collards. And sometimes it was all of the greens. We had mustard, greens, grape, collards and kale all in one pot. And of course she had some ham in there in the pot with the greens. That was was always a part of our our meal when we had those big meals. And also, um, every day we had, we would have um, either a pot of um, Great Northern beans and a pan of biscuits and some greens for dinner every day. I'm getting really hungry now. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate you adding that on. My mother's um, my younger sister picked up all the um, the uh, cooking or baking abilities that my mother did. She's the best one of us girls who cooked all those um, those cakes and um, carrot cakes and things like that. So it was, it was passed on these abilities. And those are some of my fond memories about food. No doubt. Sure, you brought up carrot cake. That's one of my favorites. I was just going to ask my mom real quick because I know she talked about the okra, and I know she always said like, "Yeah, she doesn't like okra." She, no, that's not 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 anything we ever had um, growing up in the house. But I know she nope. did say, "Um, yeah, mom, I know you did say that." I don't um, like it either. You don't like it either. My, no, my, my mom says she likes like okra, but I never did like okra. Like she said, slimy. I didn't yeah, like yeah. that, but my mother loved it. So we left it to her. We didn't like Okay. It. Okay. See, I was gonna say, I was gonna ask my mom because she could tell you, Mom, you said you liked when uh, my aunt baby would make it though. So That's what was the, the difference? Only, listen, that was the only time, but I was also pregnant with you at the time. Uh, so I was pregnant with you, and I would go to Aunt Bebe's house, me and your dad, and she would cook on a Sunday and we would go and eat. But if she made the okra, I could eat it up until after I had you. 
After yeah. that, I was right back to I could not eat anybody's okra, even on baby. <laughs> even, but I remember you said she she had got the slime out. I think you said yeah, she did it wasn't slimy when she cooked it. It was good. I loved it. I crave. I actually craved it. But you can't put <laughs> okra in front of me now. <laughs> your sister, your sister loves okra. She, I said, yeah, well, yeah. buy it, cook it for yourself. And said, uh, no, I don't want none of that. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! All right, so um, let's 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 follow up number two. So, what are some? And this is for you, mom. You can start. What are some food traditions that people have lost that you wish would return? I don't know if it's so much the tradition, but I think it's over time, space, um, between people, like. Like, I've moved up to Connecticut, so it's, like, hard. So I miss New Year's Day, which at first was, like, your typical Hoppin' John, pig feet, um, homemade biscuits melting your mouth. At my aunt. So that was our original New Year's Day tradition that got turned into Kwanzaa. Yeah. That got turned into the end of Kwanzaa. So then we 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 did that. And so then that became the tradition. We kind of segue into that, which gave us a lot of, of more options in food because we're dealing with um a vegetarian segment of people. And yeah. so that was a whole different thing. So I'm not getting no pig feet, you know, over there. You can forget that. So I haven't, it's been years since since I've had like the, the pig feet and the collard greens and the hopping john um for New Year's Day that 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 I do miss, you know? Gotcha. Um, even though we're able to cook a lot of all that good food ourselves, there's certain things like on Ethel's biscuits, it, it, that recipe went with her, you know. I don't know how to make the hopping john like on Sarah. You know, yeah. that that's another thing that 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 went with her, you know, and so that's that's the worst part, I think, is we have to find a way to hold on to to some of these recipes. My my aunt would not let go of the biscuit recipe. She wouldn't. She wouldn't even tell her daughter. Nobody. That, Nobody. <laughs> that's how the cherry. That's how the cherry supreme. Yeah, that's how this. That's how yeah, the cherry, the cherry supreme, supreme. Yeah, that your, that your grandmother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody gets that. You know? Nobody I think... gets the recipe. That's not fair. Yeah, Yvonne, yeah. Yvonne knows how to do it. She's the only one. If I need to know how to do it, I got to talk to Yvonne. She's the only one that knows. <laughs> so it's bad. And then with that happening, then you're losing that whole, like, family eating together, that family dinner time, that Sunday dinner. We we do that here sometime. And, and it's nice. It's different than everybody sitting in front of the TV eating or everybody going separately and eating their separate ways, you know? When you sit together as a family, you say grace, you eat together, you have conversation. It means a lot. Mm-hmm. And people really don't do that much anymore. They really don't. I agree. I was going to, um, before, I, before I send that question over to Miss Alethea, I was going to ask, because um, you mentioned, especially, I think it's, again, you mentioned some things important for our listeners. That aspect of Kwanzaa being introduced, because again, that wasn't a that wasn't a tradition. That wasn't aspect. a tradition, no. That wasn't a tradition. That was brought in from a younger generation, a generation even younger than yourself, right? Yes. Okay. So I just if you don't mind, I guess, would you mind elaborating just a little bit, I guess, towards your perspective of it, you know what I'm saying? Of, of how that wasn't traditional. Because I think today, you know, people get an idea that those are our traditional, you know what I'm saying? Our traditional um, practices or traditions, and I just want to kind of give that perspective from you know somebody like yourself who's you know from that older generation, if you don't mind. Well, I, I think it, it was kind of different the whole incorporation of some of the African traditions that became part of our family tradition were um instigated by our younger cousin yeah. and her husband, so. In doing that, they brought a lot of that culture into our family traditions that we do. Um, and it was different, very different. It's um, Kwanzaa, it's the last day of Kwanzaa. And uh, 
you get you get gifts. I like that part. Everybody gets a gift. <laughs> last tip of, of Kwanzaa, and we, there's also an activity uh, that you do. So there's a family activity each family does, um, and incorporating some of the ideals of Kwanzaa, the principles of Kwanzaa, and they make. Um, Make something, make a chart, make a poster, um, write something. Um, so it's something that we do every year. And I kind of like it. It's different, but it makes us come together. And anything that makes us come together and share something, I think is great. And it also, we're eating very different foods because we're eating now, we're eating vegetarian foods. Um, we're eating barbecue tofu we're like you know eating things with meat substitute in it um we also do get some fish real fish and some maybe some chicken but all of these new foods that we've been introduced to um you know is it, all part of that too gotcha. well gotcha. may i say something about that oh yes please i was waiting i was, I was waiting i knew you was gonna have something to say <laughs> Yeah, because it's interesting that you're bringing this up, Miss Laverne, because the same thing happened in my family. We used to celebrate my grandparents' anniversary, which is in December. And then my aunt brought this whole Kwanzaa um, idea. <laughs> yeah, she brought this yeah. whole Kwanzaa idea, Miss yeah. Laverne. And then it, it just shifted everything. Now, the food didn't change. But the whole ritual of doing this Kwanzaa ceremony that had nothing to do with us at all definitely altered um, the experience. And it was just kind of upsetting. I remember my father, because this is my father's side of the family. Mm -hmm. I remember my father's side, my father being upset with it, my uncles and my aunt, my, my aunt that did not introduce it. They were kind of like leery of it, but it's been now they gather every year for this Kwanzaa celebration. But um, now we're going back to the celebration of my grandparents' anniversary because my aunt, who actually introduced the practice to the family, has passed away. So we're like, okay, wow. we're going to go back. So go now, back. Yeah, because nobody is going to carry on that tradition now in her stead. Exactly. We're not interested in caring. Well, most of us are not interested mm -hmm. in because the problem with it is that um, the younger cousins who were born after my grandparents passed away don't even remember this being our anniversary celebration of our grandparents. They just right. remember this is the Kwanzaa dinner. And also my uncles and my father worked, they, you know, they were part of the movement. So they look at Milana Karanga, the person who founded Kwanzaa, you know, he was a CIA informant. So it's like, why are we even celebrating this <laughs> at our family dinner? But it's interesting that you all um, have that kind of shift in your family, and we did as well. Yes, yes. Well, Aja, um, can I ask uh, about that? Because, uh, Mom, didn't we do that? Didn't you bring Kwanzaa to our family years ago? Who, who was that that brought Kwanzaa? Uh, we didn't do Kwanzaa. What we did was um, New Year's Eve. My mother at midnight would always have um, the celebration of New Year's with... Um, a meal which consisted of, um, first of all, the hog head and uh, collard greens, rice, and black eyed peas. You gotta have peas. And I'm so glad that um, part of that um, meal was um, reserved for my father, and that was the brains out of the hog head. <laughs> mm. We didn't get that. I'm glad. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> yeah, you gotta love that uh, tradition, right? But that um, that tradition that even to this day that that we follow, um, my grandmother did um, practice, and and I asked my mom about that. I'm like, how did they even start eating things like hog head, uh, hog head cheese? Brains. Can I give you an answer? The answer is, as, as I said before, my mother, we ate, we were growing up, we grew up with the whole hog. The whole hog. From the tail to the snouts. 
From the rooter, from the rooter to the tutor. Exactly. <laughs> pig feet, pig tails, pig ears, everything on the hog. We didn't know better. At least I didn't. When I learned them, um, when I turned 18, I learned that healthy food is pig. So, but that's what I grew up with. We had hog head cheese and we had um, liverwurst and um, we even ate um, the liver from the pig or either the cow. I think it was the cow. But the rest of it was, um, I used to try to find out, uh, I don't know if you remember any of these um, terms, hog maw? Yeah, the yeah. stomach. Yes. Okay, we ate the hog maw. And the chitlins. Mm-hmm. And chitlins, of course, yes, we did that too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The whole hog. Well, I do remember, guys, um, I do remember my family coming together one holiday, Christmas holiday, to celebrate Kwanzaa. Um, and I don't know if that was at your house or was it at the, the recreation center? But it was, it was. we all came together. So it was all my, my mom's sisters mm-hmm. uh, and their family, right? So it was a whole lot of people. Mm-hmm. And so they were, we were celebrating Kwanzaa. Oh, Mm-hmm. Um, to to kind of jump onto this Kwanzaa bandwagon, mm-hmm. but it didn't go so well because you know my my aunt Star uh, got offended because she was like, well, why, "Why why are we celebrating this this African holiday? We not African. Well, why we got <laughs> She just kind of went in, and so you know people had to hush her, you know, make her uh, you know, simmer down a little bit, but. Um, it, yeah, it, it just never really caught on uh, with my family. And so, um, I mean, we appreciate any tradition that allows us to come together. So, Miss um, Alethea, yeah. I just wanted to reiterate the question. Um, so what are some food traditions that people have lost that you wish would, would return? I can't answer for other people. As I was saying before, the traditions or food traditions is um, I hope I can be um, answer this correctly, but the thing keeps throwing me off is you say food traditions, but traditions in our family is we have a family reunion every year, and of course in my family we started out with um, everybody had a, when their birthday came around. They were looking forward to having a a birthday cake made for them. And um, we had cake and ice cream. And that was a tradition in my family with my mother, with eight girls. So every time time a birthday came around, we would have ice cream and cake for that one. And of course, as I said, the other tradition we had was um, we would always get together on Christmas and Thanksgiving, sometimes at different ones' homes as we got older. My sister Star would have, um, she'd be the one to have all the food because she was the baker, took taken after my mother. She made all the cakes and, and everything, even the rolls. She got my mother's recipe to make those rolls fresh. And um, so those are, traditions. And I think on um, 4th of July, when we had our family reunions, there was always um, crabs eating. Crab eating. Which I didn't like in any way. But... No, you don't like crabs? No, I don't eat crab. I thought, crab I thought, I thought, I thought everybody from the DMV just automatically like crab. It's not <laughs> clean sorry. food. It's not okay. clean. I got you. I don't. I, I, I was gonna say I, I don't. I don't let that get in my way, but I honestly. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> we growing up, Damon. We didn't. Um, my, my family don't let it get in their way either. Right. We didn't eat it per, <laughs> per se. Not in, in my mom's uh, side of the family, but uh, I mean, uh, my mom, my mom's uh, immediate family. But her uh, siblings definitely ate uh, Maryland crabs. Mm. So uh, mm. yeah, that's definitely mm-hmm. a delicacy in our um, in our in the DC area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you already know. I, I I know I didn't get into it, but you know, um, when my mom was talking about, you know, um, you know, her cousin, our cousin, who she grew up close with, you know, 
Uh, she wound up moving to Baltimore. I went to school in um, University of Maryland, so you already know. I told Ricky mm-hmm. already. You know, D- DMV, that's like my second home, so you know mm-hmm. I got a lot of love for that. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's why I was like, oh, what? All I remember is going, getting them big bushels, you know, getting them big bushels, oh, yeah. going down on the newspaper, you know what I'm saying? Mom, I know mom listens. She's like, yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's okay. And, um, We're going to talk about the first time you had them crabs and you tried, you and your sister was trying to eat them with a fork. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, <laughs> or a hammer. This is supposed to be about y'all, not me. This ain't supposed to be about me. <laughs> I just thought that was a nice little tidbit. <laughs> that is, that's funny. That's funny. Oh, oh, Vicky, if you want to follow with question number three, go for it. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I'm gonna ask my mom. Um, so, my, what are some of the seasonings that you think um, every kitchen should have? So what, okay. what things would you, would you have in your own kitchen? What do you think is necessary? Okay, seasoning such as um, a first first of all, salt and pepper, mm-hmm. sage, um, cinnamon, um, nutmeg, pumpkin spice, all spice, I should say. I said cinnamon, right? Yes, so yes. those are food uh, spices that you use in cooking. And also, as a um, a tea, ginger, ginger tea, to help soothe the stomach or something like that. Okay. Well, um, Damon, I'm going to uh, turn it over to your mom, Miss Laverne. What are some of the seasons that you think every kitchen should have? Well, you know, a lot of what she says, salt and pepper, um, cinnamon, nutmeg. Um, but what I must, must, must have, I need some Lowry's, some Old Bay, <laughs> some garlic, and some smoked paprika. I must have those specific things. Everything else I could do without. Yes, you have good taste. Uh, my son is the same way. Uh, he 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 loves absolutely loves smoked paprika. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yes, we use that too with our potato salad. Paprika. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, that potato salad. You yeah. make me hungry. Don't start. Don't start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that that Larry's definitely saved the day because if you don't have no salt and pepper, you can definitely go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go. Oh. All right. So let's do number four. So, do, Mom, do you prefer hot water cornbread or skillet cornbread? Why? I like my skillet cornbread because it comes out like real, like crispy and buttery around the edges. You know, because yeah. when when what I do is melt the butter in the pan, and then you take that butter, you put it in the mix, and then you put the whole mix and everything in that pan, let all that butter edge around it, and then you bake it. Mmm, so good. <laughs> I'm hungry. That's exactly the way to do it. Um, Miss Alethea, what's what, what's your verdict on it? Uh, hot water cornbread or skillet cornbread, and what? I don't know what hot water cornbread is. Got you. Aja, let me let Aja answer that because she, she makes hot water cornbread. So Aja, would you like to explain? And then uh, Miss Alethea can answer. I'm wondering if it's called different things in different places. So hot water cornbread is just the cornmeal, how I make it. Cornmeal, flour, um, bacon powder, and instead of using milk, you use hot liquid. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't want to. Yeah, I didn't want to interject. So the way I, I want to hard to describe it because I didn't want to misrepresent it. So the way I tend to look at it would be like how you eat a Johnny cake, so like a corn cake. So you have like a corn cake, something like that, or maybe even like an arepa, similar to like how they make the thing for the arepa, or making it in the oven um, like that. So um, I hope that I hope that gave you a more clarity. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, the cornbread that my mother would make was um, she would um. Put eggs in and um, milk, and she would use baking powder and um, stir that up, mix it up real good, and put some um, fat back grease in the pan, in the bowl, mix mm. that up, and then put it in the pan, and then put the whole mixture in the pan, a square pan usually, 
and then put that in the oven. And sometimes she would use um, crackling, if you know what that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so she would put this crackling in the cornbread too and then put, put it in the oven until it cooked and it was very good. So have you have, ever had skillet cornbread? No. Okay. I never, my mother never cooked uh, cornbread in a skillet. What we did have though, when we didn't have any oatmeal or grits, uh, we would have cornmeal mush. Okay. Well, the mush, yeah, the it's mush. Like a porridge. <laughs> yeah. We called it yeah, cornmeal mush. Mm-hmm. The same as um, rich, but only with cornmeal, with no no baking powder, nothing, nothing in it, just plain old yeah. all-purpose all cornmeal. The, the yellow, yellow cornmeal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, see what what's so interesting about this, um, and you know, after I go, I guess, um. If, if Vicky, you want to follow up next question, you can. But what, I, what I've been, you know, finding so striking, and again, this is part of why we wanted to do this, is that when you mentioned some of these um, food ways, not even really some of them, many of them, uh, they're all tying into, and Aja can attest, to all of these American Indian um, food ways and recipes. You know, Aja has um, numbers of recipe books. You know, I, I have a few. I did a did a room on Clubhouse about um, some of these recipes, and yeah, this it's like the same traditions <laughs> that are noted, you know, in American Indian culture, and also you know, translate into what they call soul soul food are the same things you guys are describing. So yeah. I just wanted to kind of bring that you know to a head. You know what I'm saying? Because I think that's important. So. Um, yeah, anybody else, if you want to comment on that, if not, then Vicky, um, you can follow up. Well, I just want to say, Damon, that um, it was when you did that room that I learned what grits were. Um, that's something that my mom uh, raised us on, grits and cream of wheat. Um, but mm-hmm. I never really knew where they came from, like how they were made. So, okay. you know, so looking at that history, uh, cornmeal mush, <laughs> uh, I'm sure, like my mom said, it was similar to grits. Uh, which is the ground uh, corn, uh, if I remember correctly. Um, So, yeah, it's just, it's interesting to know, um, you know, a lot of times we lose the definition of these, um, these things along the way. Go ahead, Mom. Can I interject something there? Uh, Grits came from harmony. That's why it's called harmony grits. Sometimes we eat the harmony grits or just the harmony itself. Whole, whole, come, whole harmony. And we would eat that. So it's like a a corn kernel or something? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Something like the bonzo beans, but they were harmony. And then we had the grits, which was the ground up harmony. Okay. Yeah, it's just so interesting to know where some of these foods come from. Mm -hmm. um, That it's been lost along the way. Because again, if you're not. And if you're not um, a part of, of the preparation of it, um, then you, you really wouldn't know where your cream of wheat comes from or where your your grits come from. Uh, but yeah, so growing up, my mom uh, allowed us to put sugar in our grits, which I know would make <laughs> a lot of people just really upset. <laughs> okay, I want butter. You want butter and sugar in your grits? Butter and sugar in my grits. It just don't seem. Oh. See, right, see, we, we need we needed her to I'm sorry, I didn't mean to, but I was gonna say we needed her to be in that room that day to stick up for the butter <laughs> sugar and butter um, grit grit side, you know what I'm saying? Right. It's a, it's sacrilegious almost. <laughs> so as I got older and I started to go started to go my own way, right? Uh I started to put salt and pepper in my grits and that was the way I preferred to eat it with the grease from the, the turkey bacon or mm. whatever other bacon I was mm. eating with it. And so I learned, you know, to eat it and eat my own version of it. But again, you know, really just going back to uh, what harmony is and what grits, you know, how grits come from that and how that's really just connected to these foods that are just so prevalent in America uh, and that we just we all grew up around and grew up eating, but just not knowing um, you know, as, as we get further further away from that, not knowing uh, exactly where our food comes from. So that's that's interesting, Mom. Thank you for that. So uh, let's see. We had oatmeal also in the morning. 
oatmeal. Okay. All right. Oatmeal. Again, that's mm-hmm. uh, another grain. Uh, so do you prefer, or uh, what were some of the healing remedies that your grandmother used? Do you remember anything from your grandma um, or that your mom said came from her mother as far as healing? Like I remember you used to tell us about ginger mm-hmm. and she would tell you to put ginger powder in hot water mm-hmm. and drink it when you had a stomach ache or if you oh, had really bad. Mental cycle. Right. Mm-hmm. Menstrual cramps. Mm-hmm. So is there uh, anything else that you remember from, from mother? or from Every mother? morning we got um, a spoonful of um, cod liver oil. Yes. Oh. <laughs> and we also had she also gave us castor oil another ill mm-hmm. <laughs> so it wasn't so bad it was kind of sweet yeah, it was bad for me mm-hmm. <laughs> so was there anything else or uh, did you remember health wise as a remedy yeah um, I have to think about it some more Okay, so Ms. Laverne, we'll add, we'll turn it over to you. Um, my mom has to think about it some more, but do you remember uh, any healing remedies from your grandmother? Nah, as a child growing up, no. They rub Vicks on you for everything. Okay, but as for now, mm-hmm. I know if, if my daughter is sick, mm-hmm. she wants me to make her some soup. Mm-hmm. So I have to make the soup. I have to get the pumpkin. I have to get mm-hmm. the cabbage. Mm-hmm. I have to get the yucca. Mm-hmm. I have to get cilantro. Mm-hmm. I have to get the... <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Gotta get the chicken. It's like very specific. Mm-hmm. Mommy, you don't feel good. Maybe. Mm-hmm. So, you know. And she feels better after she drinks it or eats mm-hmm. it or whatever. But, um, yeah. My, my grandmother... They they cooked, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that they cooked the meal like when I was sick or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I was the biggest, have the biggest thing, the biggest thing my grandmother, one of my grandmothers used to do is on Saturdays, she didn't cook because Sunday was for church and I guess she did all her cooking on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. So Saturdays, every Saturday of my life that I was at my grandmother's house. She had Franco, SpaghettiOs, and Franks. (laughs) That was the Saturday dinner Mm. before the Sunday dinner the next day. Okay. I had one. So, Mom, do you remember anything else about... uh... Yeah, but my mother would also eat plenty of um, onions. Boil the onions eat the onions and drink the juice was a good laxative. Uh. Okay. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it's a good laxative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I was going to... Definitely. I was going to ask my mom a, a bit of a follow-up. Um, so, like, how you mentioned with with um, with Naki, with my sister, like, she'll, you know, she'll be snicking if she wants the soup and all that. You know, me, I don't get sick as often, but when I, when I was oh, no. my main thing, I go to what I remember you giving us growing up would be like the ginger ale, for example. So, like, like how did you learn about that? Was that something that was traditional or that's something that just developed, like, when you know, that you learned about when I was what, little? What, ginger ale? Like, you know, yeah, you did ginger ale that. Some of that, some of that stuff you get as, um, you know, the elders might tell you, you know? Gotcha. Oh, your mm-hmm. child has a stomach ache, give them some ginger ale. Or mm-hmm. if I have had a stomach ache in the past, they might have given me some ginger ale, you know, because the ginger, ginger's good for your digestion. Mm-hmm. So I think they knew that. Mm-hmm. Did they say, mm-hmm. oh, I'm giving you this because it's got ginger in it? No, drink of it course. and you do it because <laughs> that's what they told you to do. Mm-hmm. Or medicine, okay, here, I'm going to get Damon again, like Pepto-Bismol. Mm-hmm. And then, um, mm-hmm. yeah. That changed your whole mood, didn't it, Damon? It definitely did. I, I think I'd take cod liver oil any day. Okay, over that's that's right. Any day. Okay. Okay. You, you know, um, you know, as you all are talking, 
I'm thinking about the the generation differences as well mm-hmm. because many of the answers that you are providing us, Miss um, Talicia, mm-hmm. uh, is it's kind of similar to what my mother would say. But she was born in 
Um, the last question I was going to ask, but you know what? I don't think it makes sense for me to ask that because I'm going to be already there. <laughs> so I think I'll just ask the question for both <laughs> for both of um, you and Miss Salethia. So, Ajit, if you don't mind, you want to ask the last question to close up? I kind of set it up like that, Damon, because this is my favorite question. So I, know. <laughs> I wanted to make sure that I was asking my favorite question. <laughs> so, okay, both of you, you have invited me to your family reunion. What dishes are you bringing? Okay. That magical ghost first. Who are you asking? Salithia? Oh, go ahead. You got it. It's on you. Yeah, you start first. Okay. Family family reunion is going to bring um, potato salad, macaroni and cheese, um, green beans, and then we're going to have um, some fish fry, some um, some um, porkies or either some whiting. Right there at the at the reunion with the cook with the grill, and we're also going to have um, hamburgers and hot dogs with the rolls, but especially the potato salad and the macaroni and cheese and other drinks like um, sodas, huggies, all kinds of drinks like that. Very, very good. And of course, my sister star is going to bring those cakes and cupcakes. Mm, I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. She even bought a uh, peach pie the last time. Everybody gobbled it up, but nothing left. <laughs> Pound cakes, coconut cake, carrot cake. Cake, cake, cake. <laughs> 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 Miss Lizzie, well, you speaking my language because I love cake. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> what about you, Miss Taylor? What are you bringing to the family reunion? Well, what am I bringing? Well, what I usually bring, what people are looking for me to bring, mm-hmm. is macaroni and cheese, mm-hmm. <laughs> potato salad. Seafood salad, mm-hmm. fried chicken, mm-hmm. the greens. Mm-hmm. That's what they're looking for me to bring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I remember those smells in the house. <laughs> before, yeah, I, used before to, I actually used to give um, a pool party every year. Well, when I would give the pool party, I would do a starter. So I would do the barbecue chicken, mm-hmm. the the hamburgers, the franks, make potato mm-hmm. salad, seafood salad, mm-hmm. and then everybody had to bring something. So mm-hmm. it was B Y O S, bring your own something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and especially ice. <laughs> oh, you got to bring the ice. And the only thing I didn't hear. Cause I heard beverages, but I didn't hear no adult beverages. So I'm just saying, we all grown though. So like, yeah, we didn't want the adult beverages. So, so Damon, I'm gonna speak for my Jello, Jello shots, Jello shots. Jello shots. Yeah, <laughs> my family had a cooler just dedicated to the adult beverages. So yeah, no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Or so you get that watermelon and you just mm-hmm. pour the alcohol in the watermelon mm-hmm. and that's just for the adults too. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me ask this one question real quick. I know we're about to wrap it up. Um, this is more a, a personal question that I would love for you to share because I think again it'd be great for the uh, our audience. Um, I know you you mentioned growing up that, you know, my grandma um you know, she showed you a lot of different things with cooking and stuff like that. Um, would you mind, I guess, speaking towards? Because you know, I always, I always share stories about my my grandma. Because you know, uh, as you know, I named um, you know my catering business after her. And mm-hmm. ever since I've been working in the restaurant, I always tell people, I say, I haven't really found a better cook than, than grandma. Like, you know, what I'm saying, mom, you know, you good. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying, but grandma, you know, she set that little standard. So. If you don't mind, if you'd like to share with the audience, like what you can remember about my grandma and her as far as cooking, you know what I'm saying? If you, if you don't mind. Oh, man. Well, his grandmother. Number one, I can't even start until I say how sweet this woman was. I don't know. There's nobody I know that was 
sweeter to this woman and she had reasons not to be sweet all the time. Mm. She was sweet all the time. Mm. And she could cook. And for some reason, she loved to spoil that boy. Mm. And she would cook whatever he wanted. And he was always cooking. Mm-hmm. Every Sunday, she was cooking. Every Sunday, everybody was eating together either at her house mm-hmm. or the daughter's house, who was right across the alleyway. Mm-hmm. She actually crawled through the windows to get to her house. <laughs> That's how close For real. For real. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what we would do. Go from fire escape to fire escape. I'm sorry. I mean, yeah. that, uh, you reminded me. You, you really went from fire escape to fire escape. <laughs> but she would make this cherry jubilee. It was so good. But she wouldn't give anybody the recipe for it. <laughs> so, but um, oh my gosh, she could cook. Miss Laverne, Damon has been talking about this cherry jubilee since we started this podcast months ago. <laughs> you know, we gotta we gotta try to find the recipe, but it's not gonna be exactly the same. You know, it was. Yeah, one I can't, I can't take no that recipe. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. But yeah, say it again because I can't use a stock. I can't take a stock recipe. I got to get that recipe. That he did. Yeah, you know, I don't like, know what you're going to do. You said Yvonne is close. <laughs> Yvonne, she's the only one that got it. Nobody else have it except for her. No, okay. and, and she don't. And this is what it is. She don't like. She don't like to make it. I think it reminds her grandma. She don't want to make it. You know what it makes her sad. But well, yeah. she won't give you the recipe. I think I, I think I could pry it out of her. If, if anybody could get it, I'd be the one that could. But no, um, no, I, I, I just wanted to say for myself, and I guess I'll hand it over, you know, to Aja and Vicky to close. But this has been a great, really great um episode. Mm-hmm. Very thankful for both of you guys showing up and um, enlightening us, our audience. Um, you know, and you already know you guys are family, so always welcome. You know what I'm saying? Always welcome. Um Aja, Vicky, I'll turn it over to you guys. Well, um, guys, I just want to say again, I uh, thank you, Miss Laverne. Uh, I appreciate uh talking with you today, um, uh, and hearing uh from you, you know, sharing sharing your memories and sharing your family with us. Um, and I'd like to say thank you as well to my mom. Um and for what she shared, and she shared some things with you guys that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's good to have these conversations. And so for our audience uh, listening, I'd like to just encourage them to have these kind of conversations with their families, you know, yes, especially with elders and, and get this information, you know, just even record it, you know, have these conversations recorded and you never know, there may be some tidbit in there that, uh, can lead you to even more information about your family that you didn't know. So um, I'll end with that. But but thank you guys. I appreciate this conversation. It's been an honor. Aww. Thank, thank you. you. Yes, this has been a great conversation. Definitely appreciate you, Miss Taylor and Miss Celicia. I can't say Miss Taylor. Miss <laughs> Laverne. <laughs> <laughs> It's a habit. I, I'm supposed to call uh-huh. elders by their last name. <laughs> okay. Well, I appreciate you all for coming on. This has been a great conversation. And I know everybody's listening who's listening um, is so full. And I am definitely full. And I appreciate both of you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs>